0: Hi, my name is Josh Hannabury and welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. At the Truck Focus Podcast, our mission is simple. I want to connect transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. Over the last decade, I've been fortunate to connect with several transportation industry leaders that have had a positive impact on my life, and I look forward to connecting them with you. Good day welcome back to another episode of the truck focus podcast josh hannabury here i'm one of your hosts um, on today's episode i'm super excited to have someone that i really respect join the show bruce Outridge. so bruce is the definition in my humble opinion, of an industry legend and advocate. Um, he's just all over the place, which is exciting from podcasting to speaking, to artwork, um, just uh, different influences with youth, um, with musicians. It's really inspiring. So in today's episode, Bruce does a really good job just kind of outlining his story. Um, he does a great job talking about our industry, the pros and the cons. Where's kind of really improved over the last few years, but also things that haven't improved. Um, that's from an industry standpoint. What can carriers are doing right what carriers can do better um, different aspects of drivers as well as just this community impact so i'm really excited for this episode um, one of the highlights about bruce personally is his own podcast um, he's a legend in this space so it's the uh, the podcast itself is called the or the lead pedal podcast so you can check that out just by visiting www.theled lead pedalpodcast.com highly recommend you check it out well let's get to it Hey, welcome, Bruce! Thank you so much for coming to the podcast today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. it's fun to be uh, on your show.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'm uh, without being a fanboy, I'm a big fan, so it's this is an Thank honor.
1: You. Thank you very much, and I, I'm excited seeing what you're doing to, to give it back. Uh, I, I like the take of having your son on there. I think that is a really cool take. I I hope you go in that direction with it for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Avery, um, he is sleeping right now, but <laughs> he'll he'll join another uh, Lucky he's tomorrow.
1: not at my house because he would have been up at five AM preparing show notes. Not <laughs> I, I've been Sorry. known as it. A- <laughs> 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 That's
0: awesome. Um okay, so I know a lot of people in the Canadian trucking industry know who Bruce is, but why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a backstory is who's Bruce and how did you get involved in the transportation industry?
1: Okay, so the four hour version is no, I'm we won't do that uh, so I, I'm, I am I am what I am the statistic, which everybody thinks uh, you know I should be in jail or homeless or something like that. I'm the high school dropout at seventeen, got into trucking at seventeen by just getting a job with the van lines, uh, moving people's furniture in and out of their house, and uh, got my licenses through there and twenty five years bef- behind the, the wheel, as they say, running all across North America, mostly in, mostly in the hazmat uh, industry. Uh, that was most of my career, uh, finishing up as a supervisor of a fleet with two locations, and uh, then getting into training and broadcasting and media and all the things that you're finding out about that we somehow just gravitate to over time. And uh, it's it's been a wonderful journey, and I love transportation. I'm uh, I've been out of the seat fourteen years now, and I'm kind of getting that itch to. Uh, I just don't have any time in my schedule. I'm going where can I drive for like half a day? Yes, <laughs> I don't yes. Know, no half a day to drop anywhere in trucking. But, uh, I'm trying to find that.
0: (laughs) Funny, you see the memes, the 40-hour work week. Oh, that's cute. That's my Wednesday. And Uh, well,
1: (laughs) and I'm sure you know, right? You're you're in this space, and it's I don't know why people are going Oh, trucking. We 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 take too long. We're gone away from home. I don't know. I could be home, but I'm still not working any less. Like I'm up at five, six o'clock every morning and I seem to work until around seven, eight o'clock at night and I go yes. to bed by 10. So I'm not sure where I'm saving all of this time other than I can golf Wednesday afternoons if I want. But I still need to do that work on the weekend. People don't see the the treadmill underneath. You know, they see you playing golf. They see you going to events. They don't see Sunday mornings when everybody else is relaxing. I'm trying to get podcast episodes, you know, uploaded or whatever. Exactly. Right?
0: Yeah. Know. Yeah, I've been navigating that challenge and texting friends or neglecting to text friends because you're like, I, I just got to stay in the zone. Like, this has to be. And yeah, so. I have. I, I understand that very well. So you said about 14 years from the last time you were officially driving, what kind of led to the shift, I guess, the change from being behind the wheel to getting more into management?
1: Um, I I actually thought I wanted to get into management. I don't know why, but when I started my career for some reason, and anybody that I just turned 58 this week. So as you, as you Happy get birthday. older, thank you. As you get older, time doesn't uh, move fast, but some, when you're 20, 25 years in any career seems like a long, like you're going to be old when you get out of there. Right? Like, it's like you're going right from driving to retirement. As you go through, you realize 25 years, is not that. That's like one step of our career. I'm sure we've all experienced that. Uh, but for some reason I had in my mind for no other reason than just that. I didn't know anything about trucking that 25 years would be long enough driving. Now I didn't do any planning. I enjoyed driving. I didn't plan on getting out of the seat, but Things just happened, and at 43, which is about two years before that, 25, I, I drove for 25, but then two years uh, before that, I started kind of getting into management, dispatching and all that kind of stuff, and uh, ended up being a supervisor, thought that's where I wanted to go, that I wanted to go down the supervisor route. And if you've ever worked in management, um there's certain areas of management, and I found that I don't want to be in management. I was working... <laughs> I don't know how many hours if I took, uh, and I, you know, if we took a vacation, I was in the office till midnight trying to finish up. And I don't know whether it's just me or if it's the, the way that the office worked, but, um, I didn't enjoy it the way I thought I was planning on being in charge of all the fleet of our, our Canadian operations and ended up getting out of that just way too stressed. I, um, the doctor said I would have been, I would have had a heart attack if I was there. I'd had a couple you know, think health, health was declining, if you will. And um, I just made this switch. And I said, you know what, I got to do something. And it wasn't planned switch, but I'm sure glad I made it.
0: Powerful. Yeah, I think intentionality is key, but also work ethic. Um, you yeah. mentioned a couple of things, sorry, as I'm reflecting. And I think that's one thing. That's one of the greatest things about trucking is intentionality, where you can start quote unquote, in whatever role that's a starter role and you can make intentional decisions to move up like you did. And, but it's also nice that you're able to say, whoa, 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 this is too much. And you made another shift, another pivotal shift. So I think that's super powerful. And yeah, I didn't drive for 25 years. I was only maybe six or seven years before I started feeling aside from My journey is a little different, but aside from the feeling of, you know, like I have different skill sets and I don't want this just to be my career. I wanted to expand, but yeah, I think just being the fact that you know what it's like to work a 14 hour day, that you don't forget that. Like, so once you get into management and obviously your life now where it's even more, that's, that's super powerful.
1: I I had a basic thing that said, and and it's underlying. And you know, it it can sound like I have, you know, I've got to be careful because people think, "Wow, you had your whole life." I did not have any of this planned out. I can, I was not planning on being a podcaster. I was. Kind of wanted to be in management, but that was not, um, you know, this big thing. At forty, I started asking around the office, "Hey, what course do you have to take to?" Because I was a high school dropout, I went back at forty to get my grade twelve. So I'm no super. I'm no superstar by any means, but I, um, I, I felt. That i there was more to it that I wanted to do something more outside of the truck, and there's nothing I think if I had stayed in the truck and not pursued me, I would still be in the truck today i I want to get it clear. I absolutely love driving, still love the trucks and the chrome and all of that stuff, drove all the big Peterbilts, still love all that stuff, but I felt there was something more that I wanted to uh pursue, and when I got there, I found out like most people that you'll find are entrepreneurs now and're in corporate before they go. I that's not what I thought it was going to be. It sounds good. You know, there was some perks, you know, like going to a hockey game or nice lunches or whatever, you know, being taken out by suppliers. But there was a lot of work and a lot of dealing with uh, team members and stress. And, you know, when I looked at it, I go, you know, this isn't really where I want to go. And I don't think I'm gonna, you know, I don't know what I don't know what the future uh, retail but I said I'm going to start an art business which is always impressive <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> you know everybody's going yeah you go do that That's <laughs> you're gonna make the same money as like a lawyer
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> but hilarious course,
1: but it's fun but you know you know I just I, I tell you the the real the real thing is I figured out that if I could work that hard, cause I, like you just said, the work ethics, oh, I got that from my dad. It's always been at the forefront. If I could work that hard for somebody else, if I was to put in that much hours for myself, where would I be? Right. Here's where I am. And so that was the underlying message, um, you know, but, uh, but I, I still loved it. Uh, I was working with a great company. I just, Don't think I was prepared for management. I tell people now I'm a great entrepreneur. I'm a terrible manager. I expect people to do their jobs. (laughs) That's kind of how this works. (laughs) You know, I don't have time for babysitting. I don't love that stuff. I love, I love, let's create, let's try something new. Let's find something, a way of uh, getting out there, whatever it is. That's that's where I seem to, to have my forefront.
0: Yeah, and you do phenomenal at it too. I think that's Thank one you. of the things. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's enough negativity in the industry and oh, you're yeah. definitely a leader of a positive just outlook. And yeah, if it's from Chrome to drivers to carriers to just operational improvements, you do a really, really good job highlighting that. And you. yeah, absolutely. And it's cool. So I've been studying you more intentionally lately. Just, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep a couple of times. No.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I would have too. My, my wife is sick of hearing <laughs> that.
0: But I think, so I, I'm really big into the personal development space. And one thing that I, um, so I had a coach handful of years ago that he would always talk about a terror barrier where you're on a cliff and the only way to make it is by jumping. And yeah, again, just to highlight you, which I'm really all about when you're talking about your art business, that was a terror barrier moment where you jumped and then podcasting like, so Avery's (laughs) not on right now, but those that listen repeatedly know who Avery is. And I remember the first time, so he was sitting right here beside me and we were just sweating and we were like, what do we say? What do we do this? Like, it was just so (laughs) bad. (laughs) And yeah, well, you're. I don't know how many, are you into a thousands for episode no, no, no.
1: count? We're at, I think uh 678 at the time we're, we're doing this podcast. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And I sweated just like, don't make that. <laughs> that I don't want you to think I'm any better that I did all the same things you did. I'm wondering who the heck is listening on the other end. Trust me. But wife said, who are you talking to? I said, nobody. I got like a mic. That's it. Right.
0: My wife literally said the same thing. She's like, you're nuts. And I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Will it help people though? That's the objective. Will it help?
1: I think if your heart's in the right way, then it will work. It will work.
0: Totally agree. So with all your experience in industry, um, do you think our industry is going in the right direction from say 10 years ago? And that could be a really, I know it's a broad question. Do you feel the energy, the effort, the safety, the telematics, all that stuff, is it going in the right direction or what's your thoughts?
1: Um, it's mixed, to be honest with you, because there are parts that are going in the right direction. And there are parts that I think are are kind of going the wrong direction. Uh, you know, we're an industry and I and I am old. I am old school trucking, if you will. I mean, I started driving in, in 1981 uh, is when I got my tractor trailer license. I drove a uh, straight truck for a couple of years before that. So if you think of, you know, the beginning of the 80s to now, how much our industry has changed. You know, I'm still a lover of cab overs. I saw one the other day. I went just nuts it was at the corner it's like hey look at that freight shaker cab over you know my wife's going what <laughs> but uh, but you know but i still i i we had a lot of fun those days and so the, the things that i think are improving to answer your question technology certainly like holy smokes you don't even have to read a map, but actually, I got an episode coming up on should you still be reading maps? And because I, I'm in training now, I do training for a lot of the truck driving schools here in Ontario uh, on a on a kind of part time basis for them, or whenever I'm available. And um, I still think maps are important. And I still teach that. Now, whether they are or not. So, but the technology certainly can take us. Some of the things that I see that technology can do, I mean, it almost like they made trucking so easy. (laughs) You don't have to find a phone booth in New Jersey at four in the afternoon. (laughs) You don't have to read a map. You don't have to try and figure out your miles. We used to have to do Called dispatch and go, okay, I think I have six hours left for tomorrow. That's how they are basing their dispatch on what you told them four o'clock the night before. Uh, you know, so it's th- things like that that you don't have to worry about anymore. ELDs and all that stuff took a lot of that away. So technology is great. Safety certainly improved. You know, some of the technology I've seen to stop rollovers and ABS and all of that stuff so the technology is good yet we still have the same problems we still have the same problems with wheel offs we still have the same problems with brake adjustment we still you know why have we not got it on the dash that somehow it tells you what all your brake adjustments are without leaving the truck like you know why why have we not developed that software we got everything else like i mean you could Punch a code and get a tow truck to you in fifteen minutes, but we can't tell if our brakes are adjusted without getting underneath there and hoping somebody's there. There's a lot to learn, so uh, I think that part is the same. And then where I think we've lost is the fun factor. There's there used to be some camaraderie on the road, um, the truck stops. Like I still have best friends to this day that were in trucking that I met in trucking early on, and. I don't hear about that anymore. There's no camaraderie. Everybody stays to themselves. I know COVID has kind of brought that in even more, but even before COVID, there doesn't seem to be a lot of fun. All the trucks are the same. There's nothing really crazy. When I was coming up, that's how you knew you were moving up in your industry. You got a nicer truck. You got better runs, whatever it might be. You never got paid more, but those things came up to more opportunities. And I call that the the top 20% of the fleet where you get opportunities like that, that actually improve your career. I don't see that anymore. And do our young people coming in, they don't see that they go. Okay. So we're just going to drive for a hundred years. or are going to be like me. And I go, I don't know what I'm going to do after that, but I'm getting out of the truck at some point. We haven't shown them that you can do what you and I are doing and in getting into safety and all of these different areas of trucking, which once you're in, you start realizing where they are. You don't, we're not showing anybody other than the seat coming in. And nobody seems to, to want that. So plus we've got a whole population. If you think of what a truck driver is, it's the person who did not want to go to school, did not want to have someone looking over their shoulder, did not, you wanted that freedom of the road. All of those things, we have basically taken them away with all of the regulations to where we're going to tell you when to sleep. We're going to tell you when to eat. We're going to tell you that you're eating at McDonald's or somewhere else because we took away the beautiful family restaurant that used to be there. <laughs> that I think is hurt trucking to where this is not really where anybody wants to go anymore. And it's sad because it's such an awesome industry. As you know, how do we show that, that I'm I know you and I are trying to show that through our yeah, media yeah. and stuff like that, but how do we show it? Is it getting out there to where we can do that?
0: That's with some powerful points. And I think freedom is a big word. And last episode we talked about less man. So when I joined um, the lead pad, or the lead pedal podcast, Um, So Les recently joined Avery and I again. And that was one of the things that he spoke on, as well as another gentleman named Roy is the freedom, the freedom to choose and not have someone hovering. And I think you're right when like I'm all for regulation, I'm all for operating within the boundaries of compliance. But I think it's different when you're behind the wheel versus in a desk or if you're in a pickup truck. So I think those are super important to keep in mind is the freedom of industry. And it's funny when you're talking about maps is my, I entered industry right when maps and Garmin were competing and trying to find job sites. Go to the Southeast corner on this part, trying to figure that out on a map. When I didn't carry a compass, I'm like, you want me to go where? We're now, yeah, obviously it's a little different, but yeah, I remember swearing and sweating. I don't know how many times
1: just. <laughs> did, you, did you ever run the US? I know, I know you only you, Canada. You on. Did you run U S with, with your trucking career?
0: No, only Western Canada.
1: Okay. Yeah. So for those who have run the U S uh, the interstate system down there is second to none when it comes to the way they organized it, as far as East and West highways, North and South, the numbering system, all of that works I learned that system because that's where I was thrown into when I went. And when you remember that, and when you learn that, you don't need the GPS or the thing as much as you you, you start learning these directions. And I think we actually need to have that still. Because when when your technology goes down, what are you going to do, right? Like this, it still happens where your truck could go down.
0: Yeah, I know. You're absolutely right. And it's funny. So in wherever I've driven, it would go from a name. So an Anthony to a Tony to a three street back to an Anthony. And you're like, where? (laughs) Yeah, very. uh, I just, I'm not going to bash Canadian infrastructure, but it is nowhere in the trucking game. Than stateside, like just very very different. And
1: they they tried, they tried, but they didn't do a good (laughs) job. But I mean, if you tell a if you tell a tow truck that I'm I'm in uh, North Carolina, Interstate 95 northbound at mile marker five, he does not need a map to find you. They will get you there. That is the cool thing that I already know. You know, someone says, "Oh, I'm going northbound on Interstate 90." No, you're not. It only goes east and west. There's no way you could be going northbound. So it's those kind of things that automatically help you and tell you. We, I mean, I'm back at the time when we had to write, as we crossed the border of each state, we had to write the mileage down on a little pad of paper or something while you're going down the road, you know, um, but those that helps you realize how far things are. Um, I think that's part of the problem. You know, we had to call our customers when dispatch gave you, they'd give you the phone number, the name, your pickup number, what you're picking up. That's that's all you got. And you had to call the customer and say, listen, I'm coming in on highway 20, you know, five miles away and getting off this. You had to know that so that you can call them so they can tell you how long you're going to be there. And I don't think GPS allow people to do that anymore. They now just plug it in and they go and they don't really plan their trip. That's what I see as part of the problem. They're not planning the trip, minimizing those delays, which is actually what makes you money in this industry.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of the pressure is on the opposite. It's I will here. Here's my GPS tracking. You track your load versus the opposite here. I'm going to tell you this is where I, so yeah, I agree. And those are good perspectives because I don't think in that space often enough, but
1: I, again, I appreciate
0: your guidance <laughs> and, yeah. your, and your in your wisdom not, in this space.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying GPS is bad. I use it too, but use it as a secondary, not a primary. And then that's what we got to flip, I think, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, so staying kind of in the topic of industry, when you're working with carriers, what do you think the really good carriers are doing that the not so good carriers aren't doing? And this could be high level. I know it can be a four hour conversation.
1: No, no and it, it and it really depends on it depends on the carrier and the size of the carrier but more importantly it depends on the driver and what they are looking for. Because uh, you've had some amazing people I know you've had Shelley Van Alhash and Leslie and all of those people on your show that can tell you that every carrier or point in your life is different. So the carrier I'm looking for today may not be the carrier. One of the reasons I went from a ma-and-pa carrier to a a global carrier, and it was a private company, so it's not maybe not somebody everybody would know in in transportation, was for the opportunities. So from a a private carrier – or a small carrier, you know, you get those custom trucks. You get some kind of custom loads. You, you may work a little harder, but you're also going to get some, you're going to learn some things that you may not learn at a traditional large carrier, shall we say, because they're going to train you one way and keep you on one style of load uh, until you're ready to move. Whereas a small carrier, I might, I might, I learned flatbed, I've, I've hauled steel, I've hauled refrigerated, I've hauled everything. At one carrier, <laughs> maybe yes. not a lot, but they mixed it around. So some carriers are doing that great. And that is where I think if that's the type of work and environment that you want, then that's, that's great. They may not be doing the training as well, but they are certainly doing some of those other factors, which is appealing to uh, I'm going to just say us old school truckers who wanted a, a Peterbilt and the fancier trucks and stuff. Whereas you go to the other side where you go to a large carrier, the Bison's challengers of the, of the world, they are doing great jobs as far as not only safety and technology offering you some career opportunities. And that's why I went to a, a carrier. The carrier I went to was a, a global company, but small carrier inside. So they were they're, they're a water treatment chemical company across the globe yet we only had 10 trucks here in Burlington. So so I had both, both areas, but I went there because of the opportunity. When I started looking to get out of the truck, you know, the, the carrier I was with treated me like gold. I had a truck that was two years old, better and exactly what I wanted. I mean, they were taking me to the dealership to say, Bruce, here's your truck, leather seats, the whole bit. I had my own trailer. They kind of said, Bruce, where would you like to go? And so I had it all. And that was the problem. I was driving down the road going, What else is there? Like I'm, I'm here. I am, you know, 30 years old and I haven't achieved everything personally in my life, but as far as all the things I want, I'm doing, I'm doing great. But now what do I just drive for another 40 years? This is what I was actually thinking going down the road. Do I just drive until I'm 65 now? I'm 30. I still have 35 years in the seat if I wanted it, or do I move and start going into management or learning something different? The small company couldn't afford me that. They didn't have room. There was no other spots. They're, you know, all family. Nobody, everybody looked healthy. Nobody was dying soon. So I had no (laughs) opportunity Uh, as far as I knew, you know, there was maybe one or two spots for someone outside, but a larger company allows you, like I got great training at the larger company. Um, I could see different avenues of going, okay, maybe I want to get into operations and start moving that way or training or what have you. All the skills I'm using today came from that Large operation, if you will, as far as the training end and the media end and the technology, uh, the driving stuff that I really remember and still still keep uh, dear in my heart came from the smaller carrier. So it all depends on what a person's looking for. And now we've got an age group of fifty-five in this industry, roughly, that are going okay. I've been driving for for, what's next, and and they're either staying until they're sixty-five. And as things get worse, they're going, you know what? I'm not dealing with it anymore. I've been doing it this way for 30 years. I don't, but if they don't keep up with the technology are they don't have what they need to go to the next step. So I'm always big on people. Just keep learning and educating yourself. That is the biggest thing you could do for yourself. Yeah, that's
0: powerful. Yeah. When I, I used to own a smell trucking outfit in Kelowna where I'm from. And I think from a driver's perspective, witnessing that you see there was myself had a, a business partner. We did everything. And then they did everything from, like you mentioned, like anything that you could haul, perfect. Like our our motto was, if it fit, we'll haul it. And I don't, we didn't know what legal meant. We were just, okay, it fits. And yeah, so from a smaller standpoint, I think that's right. But when you get into a larger environment and you get to see people excelling, and it's not just... Well, every day is crazy, but it's a controlled chaos. I think that also is attractive. So yeah, those are some really good points. And then, yeah, there's pros and cons, I think, to both corporate life and small mom and pa. And I remember when I went from working in a small oil field company to a large equipment hauler, what's training? Yeah. Like, what is this course you're putting me yeah. through? Like, And I, that's what kind of opened my eyes, more of a safety focus. Like, that's when I started shifting into the safety realm is, wow, there's dedicated training courses on loading procedures to cargo securement to, like, equipment operating. Like, this is awesome. And then, yeah, you kind of find what gets you excited, and that's for me, definitely yeah. where I like to, to sit. But, yeah, those are really good points. So from yeah,
1: pri- pri- sorry, private carriers, I just want to add this because private carriers – A place like, um, you know, a large carrier, like a bison or challenger, somebody is going to focus on cargo security. That's the training they offer their people. What really needs to happen, though, is they need to take that training and offer it outside of trucking. So our private carrier that I worked for was really big on customer service. Like we were in uniforms. We were the face of the company. So they gave us a lot of customer service training, not just how to transfer chemicals, but how to deal with the customer, how we had to do things like inspections, uh, you know, for the salespeople would, they would, they would sell it and say, yeah, tractor trailer can fit here and you get there to be all kinds of low pipes. Cause we were all in, we, we weren't in docks, we were in weird spots. So we actually had this thing where we could, we had a checklist, go do an in what we called an inspection. And we could say no, we could say no to a million dollar account based on what we thought as truck drivers. And that really opens your eyes to say you know what we do have this impact and experience that is really because they were selling stuff and couldn't get a truck in there and so we said no nope, you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this you didn't want to cancel it because that's our work and our job but it gave you the power to say we are with everybody else like without us you can't do what your job and it makes you work as a team and even when i became a supervisor there uh, we had things like performance appraisals i don't know if you've ever been through one but they never had those in when i was driving until i went to this company we had performance appraisals, and i said to them i'd like to take a course every year (laughs) i'd like you to pay for it and it was not it was not you know load securement it was how to deal with people or whatever. I could pick a course and they would send me for the day, whatever it was, and I took a variety of courses and I still use that stuff today. So this is the power. And I think the big companies are offering that and being able to say, where would you like to go? Oh, you wanna go into operations? Okay, you need to have this training or you wanna be a dispatcher? You better have some people training. It's not just about you telling them how to get there or where to go. And I think if companies offer more of that, it's going to make their employees a little more rounded to where they go, okay, we do have load securement, but I also have this and maybe let the employee choose because a lot of us think, okay, we're going to have what, two safety meetings a year. They're going to be defensive driving, load securement, whatever, log books, hours, a certain, you go, you go, whatever you want. If I've been driving 30 years, do you think I'm still listening to that? Even I may need, I'm not saying I don't need it, but. Am I still listening to that? Or what if you brought in a comedian who talks about how to deal with reception, you know, or receivers and shippers and kind of make it funny, but give them some skill tips outside of the truck that they could still use on their job. You're going to see some amazing opportunities for people that go, I like doing that.
0: You know, totally agree. Yeah. And I think that that's a couple of things. So one that's retention, because when people feel valued, they'll stay in my experience. And I know there's a lot more to it, but I think investing into people, like you said, I want to do a course a year, let's do it. And you're going home. Okay. And then once you're done that course, that shift that's happening in you doesn't go away. Like that hunger for knowledge, but yeah, if it's a different environment, I think, this is a shout out to smaller carriers too. Your drivers are your sales force, So you're a billboard going down the road, but you're also the vocal point at customers. Like you said, shippers, receivers, receptions, safety managers. And when you empower your people through knowledge and through encouragement, it's shocking the different contracts that you get. Like when I was my sales guy in this region's best friend, because I would identify sales leads all the time. And then he, I would do it a, I liked it because I like seeing that kind of stuff, but also he would reward me for it. So you're like, oh, okay, this is a mutual beneficial relationship. But yeah, for smaller yeah, partners wondering how do you grow? You have assets like that aren't just meeting the seat. Like I hate that expression, but I hear it all the time. And but yeah, let's
1: give give your driver some business card. Here's one I did. My my boss used to give me two or three business cards. Not that I was out and say I had nothing to do with sales. But how many drivers are standing in a shipper's office and a shipper's going, I got six more loads here for Alabama and I don't know who I'm going to call. How many drivers have said, you know, we cover Alabama, <laughs> you know, and, and, and possibly say, look, here's my boss's card. Give him a call. You know, maybe he can get two more trucks for you or whatever. We actually sold that way. Now, we, we wouldn't give it to every driver. But there's there's a lot of drivers in every fleet that are and not pro company, but they're being they're being treated well, they're happy, they've got nice trucks, they know to show up looking professional. Yes. Have you have you given them some business cards that they can just hand out to a shipper and say, you know what, we also cover the East Coast? Not that you have to do it, but that also gives you some skills. And if they the contract does come through, usually the boss is the first to say, you know what, Bruce? you're the one who brought us that you call that load first, let us know how it works out. And you know, you, there's lots of ways of getting opportunity in this, in this industry that you would never see anywhere else. But I can tell you that if, uh, if drivers are not talking to you about their careers, um, they're doing something, you, you know, there's always somebody who's doing an MBA, an MBA on the background that nobody else knows. And all of a sudden they quit. Now they're the boss, whatever. There's drivers who are bored. If they've been driving for 10 years or more at your company and have not mentioned what they're going to do in the future, or you've not brought it up as an operations manager, you better start talking to them because I can tell you one day they're going to up and quick and say, well, I started a business six years ago. uh, And now it's, it's at that point where I can move on, (laughs) you know, or, or there's people who go, I don't see the opportunity. This is the one thing I did wrong. I did not see the opportunity. I, I actually still to this day, and I still got a good relationship with that carrier, but my one regret regret is that I did not go in and talk to them and say, listen, I love working here, but I don't see any opportunity. I, my kids were, were young at the time. So of course, you know, you want to stay home a little bit and I'm going, I don't see that I was running on Florida, Texas, East coast, three times a week. I said, I don't see where I could get out of the seat. Now maybe there was an opportunity and I didn't see it. And that's where I went wrong by not going to talk to them. I switched jobs and they were not very happy because there was three of us that all switched jobs at the same time to a new carrier. And, um, it was not good cuz we were all really good drivers so you need to be talking to your employees and not just about load securement and not just about when things are bad but bringing them in if if a company's not doing performance appraisals to me they're missing a i know they sound canned uh, and all of that but that's an opportunity to talk one on one with your drivers and say How's things going? And what are you looking for? Maybe that company has those opportunities. How many drivers do we know that are amazing photographers? Has anyone said, "Hey, you know what? You'd work in our marketing department"? No, because they don't even know they take pictures yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, you're you're bang on, and I think that's the too busy excuse yeah. that care. Like, and I can live in that space all day long. But I think, yeah, when you're intentional, and we remember we're all humans, we all have a heartbeat, and we all care about stuff outside of our quote unquote job. Yeah, I think that's when yeah opportunity comes, problem solving comes and yeah, they could share advice to you like, where, where can I get better as a leader or as a company? And yeah, again, it's just removing the just factor. Like they're not just drivers. We're not just our jobs and yeah, allowing ourselves just to be in that space. How, so many,
1: companies, I, how many companies are raising paid? We haven't even talked about money. How many companies are raising pay thinking that's the answer? It's not the answer. That's not what they want. If you look at why people leave jobs, it's got nothing to do with that half the time. Most of the time, it's either they don't like their manager or they are bored or something along that line. It's a lot of time not for money. Yeah, we keep raising pay thinking, okay, they're going to be attracted by money. Yeah, that might get you more attraction at the beginning, but it doesn't keep you there for the long term, right?
0: Yeah, the carrot in front of the horse trick. I I think that especially I'm a millennial, so I'll speak on behalf of millennials. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs) Sure, it's nice. Like me and my wife, like obviously we're mindful of money and we got budgets and stuff. But that's the last thing that we talk about at night is like, oh, they're dabbling 50 cents Or whatever. It's like, no, it's how do they make you feel? Because if you treat someone really good throughout the day and they go home, how do you think they're going to treat their families? i think they're going to feel about themselves? And yeah, I, I read a study because I'm really big in that space on, like I said, personal development stuff. And I read a study on this massive website um, company out in Australia where Fridays, I think it was Friday after lunchtime, literally was designated to creation. And basically, whatever was created, if possible, it'd be implemented to current customers. And that was their like, boom moment they said once they implemented that and people felt valued and they were expressive it was shocking just and it had nothing to do with money because it was just what can you do like what can you create what problems can you solve and yeah i think that's neat so at what point then bruce um i know we're just mindful of time too and i really want to talk about your podcast um but your public speaking your art you have you actually have a few podcasts yeah. how did how did i get there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's impressive it, And yeah. honestly like I'm going to have like this, for anyone that's watching this on YouTube, I'll describe my fingers as probably, I don't know, 18 <laughs> inches of links because he's all over, you're all over the map. You're impacting, I'm you're speaking, I'm like, sorry. how does that go?
1: <laughs> yeah, how is that going is the question. I, uh, I don't know. I'm a creative monster and, uh, I don't mean to be, and I, I don't do it to, I, I do it to give back, um. When I when when I got out of the uh, company, when I decided when I was the supervisor and decided I was going to start my own business, I actually started my art business. So I was doing illustration for, uh, you you know, of of trucks and uh, magazine articles and stuff like that. And I thought I would get into that because I already have the knowledge of the trucks. I already have the talent for the art you know what? Everybody went digital at the same time. Nobody needed me at all. I actually almost starved right off the bat. So I started teaching art. That's, you know, because wow. that's what I was doing. So I started teaching art. Uh, and now it's moved into uh, caricatures and stuff for corporate events and weddings is is what I do. But, uh, um, but then, you know, after a couple of years, I think I just needed a break from trucks. I think that was the real thing. So I started the art business. And after about a year in the art, I go, I got all this knowledge of, uh, trucking, like, and it wasn't being used because I had kind of gone off in this different, different way. And so I said, okay, do I start, um, I was going to start a YouTube channel, you know, and I thought, okay, you know, training and all that. And I thought, well, drivers aren't really watch, hopefully watching video. And at the same time, video training was coming in. And I was hearing from friends of mine in the industry that, you know, it's not really what they wanted or what have you. But uh, so I thought I didn't know anything about podcasts. And then I heard about podcasts and I go, there's a podcast like you could actually do this while people are rolling down. And I so I started getting into them and I just love them. And I started this one as a daily show which is not the way you're supposed to do this i started as a daily show right out the back so after 100 episodes i was almost going to quit i didn't have all the engagement you said they said you're you know you got to be careful who you listen to you know you don't have all this engagement you're not getting 20,000 comments a day whatever it is and i thought no one's listening and actually at 100 i said you know what Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just like, let this go. Nobody seems to be listening. And then I started getting engaged. I started getting comments. So I, I kept it going like 101. Like if you listen to hundred, I think I turned it into a music episode because I had to somehow change it, but I was actually canceling the show. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it once a week and then build it as it goes. So now we're up to three times a week. Um, my other one is for artists and entrepreneurs. So, I'm trying, you know, a lot of people say, oh, if you're an artist, a musician, an author, you're going to be broke. I think that's hogwash. You are not going to be broke if you are willing to put in the work. And this is the thing, it's constant. So all of my stuff is basically business and careers, is what it is. And it's trying to inspire people and go, you can do it. Like, I wanted to be an, I've been drawing since I was 10 years old. Most people wouldn't know that. And I didn't take anything uh, with me in the truck for many, many years, probably almost 18 years. I didn't draw while I was trucking because I loved it. Um, But I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was 10, 12 years old. And they didn't, they said, go get a real job. That's how I got into trucking. Nobody said, go look at Norman Rockwell and see how he does it. Or go, you know, all these famous Jack Kirby, go see what he's doing. Nobody said any of that. Of course, we didn't have the internet, but nobody said even go to the library and find that they said, go get a real job. So I am all against people saying, go get a real job, because I can tell you, I know a lot of artists who are super successful at what they do. They put in the work, they treat it like a business. They're very talented. And you know what they're doing? They're doing amazing things. And they are, they have a real job, if you want to call it that. (laughs) So there, so I don't believe anybody should, when we say a real, what is a real job, Josh, what is a real job? We're podcasting on a Saturday. Is this a real job? I have no flipping idea, (laughs) but but we're doing it. And you know, not everything I do makes money. Some things make money. Some things don't make money. Some things I look at more as giving back to my community. Other things are just to inspire you. Some I put more effort in. Some I put less effort in. I'm very organized. I schedule my weeks out and that's, that's where it, and you do as much as you want and as much as you're willing to, to to do right, that's that's the way it works.
0: It's powerful, yeah. I think you're really good. I like the word pivotal and impact. Those are kind of my favorite words. I think and, I'm spinning on a chair though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've like I have to pick myself back up. I nod so much, and but yeah, you're creating an incredible impact because again. Like, yes, I get the the goal of business is money. Like, well, part of, I get that. And, but I think it's the value add and the servanthood of industry. And it's funny when people talk about go get a real job. It's like, I think it was, well, I've seen it from Elon Musk. I don't know if he created this term, but he's like, I have when I wake up till I go to bed. He's like, some people have a nine to five where that's all, the only time they're creative is in that space. He's like, I like to be creative from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and again it's not always about making money but it's about creating an impact and like my next question actually is going to be about your legacy but um, i also like the inspiring youth um obviously Avery my 11 yeah. year old is he's an up and comer and he's he's got big big dreams and multiple ways like youth need yeah. to have in our in our world but it kind of can you touch on that quickly too
1: the i inspire uh, you show yeah, please. Yeah, inspired. Yeah, so that that that's a television show. You got to be in the Halton area to see it. It's on local television here in Halton. Uh, we we just finished season four, so we're going into season five. And basically, it's the same thing, right? You know, uh, you think of my kids are in their 30s. You know, every once in a while, you think your son's laying on the couch. You should be doing something. I've laid on a couch once or twice when I should be working. You know, those kind of things. So you think of somebody sitting there at home going. Oh, man, you know, I want to be a musician. Well, you could ask Bruce, but Bruce is 58 years old and, you know, he's not a musician, so I can't really help you go get a real job. Or you could watch the Inspiring Youth Show of some young musician who is, uh, you know, starting out in his career and going and he's, you know, just a few years ahead of you. And then look, here's the community partner where you can go. So if you want to be a musician, where do you start? You need to start with lessons. So if you don't know how to play guitar, go play the guitar <laughs> and then you will learn how to be. So that's the idea of the show is I, I show uh, showcase an ambitious youth in the community and then the community partners that will work with them. And it is all just to prove to people, you know what, here's where you go get started. I think that's all people need is go get started. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life, but go try it. If that's what you really, if you really want to be a musician, I've got a young musician that I'm con- doing some consulting work with. Uh, you know, we, we have a chat every month or something like that. And I, he's, he wants to do this as a career, but he's not sure. So I'm going, okay, well, here's an idea, but I'm not a musician. So I hooked him up with uh, I, I he just, I think had a, a thing with Rich Redmond, the drummer for Jason Aldean. I hooked the two of them up. I said, that's rich. I don't know. I made him read Rich's books. He's read my book. I said, go and, and do that. If people do that, You will make a job. It doesn't matter whether you're an employed or I think we got to get away from self-employed or employed. Um, You know what? Just if you're doing something you enjoy doing, and if that's driving, then awesome. Then just do it the best you can and create your life around, around that if that's what you want to do. We've got a lifestyle business because my wife and I like to travel. We can do our business basically from anywhere we are. That was one of the big goals when we started it. And that's the way, but I, I've, but inspiring youth is just a way of giving back to the community. And I just want a young person to see, here's another young person that's doing it. Here's where they went to start. You do it too. <laughs> Incredible, man. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> no, no, but it's just giving back. I mean, yeah. think of Avery, right? I was Avery's age when I wanted to be a, a cartoonist. I was drawing all the time. My parents didn't even think to put me in art lessons. Not that they're bad parents, but they didn't say, Bruce, you know, you should go to art school. I hated art in school because the teacher made us do paper mache and I wanted to draw cartoons. We never had a cartooning class. Nobody said, Bruce, go and do cartooning or Bruce, go and do this. I didn't know about art classes or anything like that. I didn't didn't know there was an art school up the road. <laughs> I didn't know there is. There's Sheridan. <laughs> I didn't know that. But so, so I, so you didn't look any further. You just keep drawing. And I've still got my old sketches from back in those days. If Avery was drawing all the time, wouldn't she, you? Might now because we have the internet. But would you say, Avery? I want you to. Why don't we look into this art? Why don't we get you some private lessons? Why don't we take a course? Why don't you see if this is where you want to go? Most parents are going. Well, you're not going to make any money at art, so that's off the list. You know, let's take you over here. But that's where the kid wants to go. Yes, can you make money with that art? Yes, you can. There are certain ways of making money. Not all artists make money, but there's lots of artists that are making money. What are they doing to make money? I probably make more at a wedding than you do. Well, not you, but you, you know, someone does all week driving a truck. Powerful. So don't tell me artists can't. Now I could decide, do I want to do one wedding or I do I want to do a hundred weddings or do I not want to do any weddings? I'm not saying it's easy, you have to build that talent. But you can't say that someone's not making money because they're not doing, because they're an artist. They're, they can if they want to. And if you find someone who's doing that, you will do it. So uh, nothing's off the table. My kids say, you want to dig ditches? Awesome. Dig the best ditch you can. Be the ditch guy, yes. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yes. And, and, and just do it well. Be professional. Have a shovel. Have a pickup truck. Whatever it is you need to dig ditches. And go for it. But don't whine and go, well, you know, that's only digging it like it's all hard work no matter what you're doing it's all hard work
0: totally yeah no, that's inspiring and i wish we lived in ontario because i'd be like <laughs> avery go, go get yeah anytime <laughs> i got a room for you there you go yeah there you go. he's learning go. how to code he built his own video game and okay his cool. yeah his again brag moment because i'm his dad but yep. just watching him he's really fast at processing and he's He's natural at a lot of things. Can't say he's the greatest at everything, but he's really natural when it comes to artistic stuff, math science, those type of things. But he loves the, I think it's the the patterns of coding. But yeah, we bought him this course. Oh, I don't know he built it within like two or three months of this like real active it's like a mini version of sonic video game and you're kind of like well that's powerful but yeah no i i think what you're doing bruce is incredible so
1: that's great yeah. that's great i hope you i hope you're using that because you've got a you're ahead of everybody if you've got that kind of talent sitting in your room you're not making video <laughs> games out of your podcast or something along that line you're losing it because that's what you got to do you got to show them okay now that you've learned it, how do I use it? Here's where we might use it. You know, is he doing your website? I don't know what, you know, but how, how can you use that for the future? And that's where it now shows him here's some career options as well. Cause it's yeah. cool to learn coding, but if you don't know what to do with it, once you've learned it, you're kind of out of luck. Right. So, yeah,
0: yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, that's kind of where we're, I had to take a step back cause he was so involved, but yeah. So, so I guess, you talk a lot about impact and talk about a little value and anyone that hasn't heard Bruce's name, which is probably not that it's probably a small number. i um, you need to, I'm um, Bruce. Just again, you're, you inspire me and that's not just fluff that's accuracy. So just kind of, as we come to a close couple of things is what do you want your legacy to be and how do people get in contact with you?
1: Uh, as far as the the trucking, probably to get in contact with me, just go to the leadpedalpodcast.com. That's probably the easy way and there's links all over there. I've got so many links. If, if you search my name, you'll find me. Uh, the podcast is probably easy. And lead is L-E-A-D. Yes, I know it's a play on words. Don't tell me I've spelled it wrong. <laughs> we did that on purpose because uh, it's supposed to be leadership in a way. So <laughs> that's why we did nice. that. Um, but as far as legacy, I don't, uh, I don't think about that kind of stuff. I... Um, if I've inspired people now, that's where it's important. If I inspire people later, awesome. But I'm not, I'm not like trying to make all of this stuff and sell an empire. I've told my kids, you know what, if you're not interested, I'll just put this in the ground tomorrow. Like it's not like this has got to be saved or I don't even know if I'm building it right to be sold. It's not like I'm building this. I'm not Richard Branson going, okay, I'm creating the the airline or whatever. I'm just doing stuff I enjoy doing. I try to keep it positive, inspire people that at least they can get started. Here's here's some places to get started if you want. Uh, you know, I just need enough money to live and I, my goals, we, we like to travel, we spend winters in the Caribbean. That's kind of where I am. <laughs> I want to go to truck shows. I, I don't have this long list. Like I because I don't believe in retirement. So that's the probably the problem is I don't think, okay, yeah, when I'm 80 I'm gonna just live on my uh, on the throne there. No, like that's not it. I'm probably be working doing something. I I'm just create stuff that could somehow create some income so we can keep doing it as long as we can and just enjoy what I'm doing. And you know, some people will go, okay, you've got this. Uh, When you're, when you, when you don't want to do that anymore, you should hire somebody to do that. And I don't, I just go, okay, we're not doing, look, we phase some stuff out of our business that I'm not even doing anymore that I was doing five years ago. It's just, it's not appealing anymore. (laughs) So it's done, you know, I, I, I may know somebody I could refer it to, but as far as hiring somebody so I can keep that income to me, that's babysitting. That's not what I do. And there's a lot of gurus who would say that's wrong mentality. I don't want a large team. My wife and I handle everything here you know, I could see spots for one or two more team members down the road, but that's about it. I'm not looking to have an office space with a hundred people. Like I'm not even interested in that. So I don't know if I have a legacy. (laughs) Sorry if I didn't answer your question.
0: No, that was a, that was a perfect (laughs) honesty key, Right. And I think, you're what you are doing is a legacy every day you're impacting countless people every day i don't think you'll ever realize just the positive i don't backing. even think
1: i don't think about that i don't i don't go oh i'm hoping i'm inspiring i hope i am through my content but i don't look at like i don't look at myself any better i'm surprised when i had a lady uh two weeks ago to uh, one of our tour stops uh drove an hour to see me and i was like you drove an hour to see me like <laughs> why <laughs> it's just me you can see me on video Like, but she drove an hour like i was so touched that someone took an hour to, out of their each way to drive just to say hello to me was just, I like, I don't think of myself as, Oh, I'm Bruce, you know, and you should all like applause. No, that's not what I do. I don't do that at all. I actually am surprised when anybody, but I keep Bill, I, I just want, I I just keep a, a younger me in in mind. And I keep going, how can I help somebody who's in that position or doing that? And by keeping it positive, I want to show people, we've got a awesome trucking industry I don't care what anybody says. I have loved it. I've worked for great carriers. I've got great friends. I still love the industry. Even if I'm not driving in it, I go to all the seminars. People know me. And I just, I love the industry. I want to show that to somebody so they can go, oh, you want to be a truck driver? Get into it, man. You don't have no idea how much this industry can offer you if you just take the step of, and maybe driving's the first step. But once you get past the driving fuels the rest of it. That's why I like people to drive. And then you will move on to wherever you want to go.
0: Totally, yeah. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Um, today's been really. This has been inspiring to myself, um, to our listeners. I know that they're going to definitely go check you out. So I'll include all of your show notes. Well, Great. all of the links. <laughs> in the show just, just put one. You want to put them
1: all? <laughs> but the, yeah, the, no one's going to go through and click everyone. I send them all to you because I didn't know where you wanted to start with your questioning. <laughs> but you don't have
0: yeah, you you did awesome. Um, you, I can tell you're an expert in this space. But yeah, thanks so much, Bruce. I really appreciate you hopping on.
1: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate okay. it. Thanks for having me on. And keep, good luck with the show. I know you're. Uh, I think around episode 16 to 20, or wherever I've seen you, though I can't remember the last number I saw. But yeah. <laughs> keep going, man. You're doing an awesome job.
0: I appreciate it's it. Good. Thanks so much, Bruce. Okay, well, have a wonderful day. All right, you too. Thanks. Bruce, thank you so much for joining the Track Focus podcast today. Um, just, I'm feeling super jacked just from the energy that you bring, the positivity, the just different insights that you share in our industry from quite a few years of experience, from driving to operations to now really rocking it as an entrepreneur in this space. Um, everyone that's listening, I definitely feel you got value from just the advice that was shared, but most of all the energy and what is possible in our industry. And it's not just go get a real job. Um, there's tons of opportunities to be successful. And again, new people entering your industry, welcome. Again, Bruce, thank you so much for joining. To learn more about Bruce, as always, I'll include all of his links below, but I highly recommend you check out the Lead Pedal Podcast so just go to lead com, or simply check out Bruce Outridge on any major platform, um, social media, to really anywhere you're going to find the guy he's just a real influence and just thank you again bruce for joining as always everyone that just continues to show all the support for the truck focus podcast thank you um i really appreciate this all of the support the kind words um i know avery wasn't on this one but he also really just he gets really excited when people say nice things um so yeah we really appreciate that um if you've not yet subscribed to either our youtube channel or any of our podcast platforms we ask that you subscribe simply hit the little red button if you're Watching this on YouTube, or if you're listening to this on any major podcast platform, just hit the subscribe button. Just because the greater the following, the greater the impact. And that's what we're all about it's connecting people like Bruce to industry because they're creating that pivotal change. Um, if you ever have a question or a concern, you can always reach out. Um, we're very open on just different conversations if it's introducing industry experts, if it's a youthful take on transportation, just really appreciate all of the support. So you can always check us out just by visiting our website website as well, www.pvtlcompliance.com. And then yeah, you can learn more about our mother company, you can check out the truck focus mission. Um, and if you haven't done so already, we're launching something called the truck focus newsletter, where we're just using a different medium to introduce industry advice to industry. So I got some people like to watch, that's why we have YouTube, some people like to listen, which is why we have the podcast, we have our blogs, which is really a little more personal opinions on stuff. And the newsletter is a little more just you need to talk to this expert. You have a question on insurance, let me connect you with liable. If you have a question on compliance, let me connect you with ARTC. And yeah, you'll see a lot of really interesting experts just voicing different pieces of advice through there. Um, So again, all of the links are always included. And again, thank you so much for the support. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe and talk to you soon. Bye. Well, friends, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. As I hope today's episode brought amazing value for you. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to the Truck Focus podcast, I just wanted to say thanks. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you're notified of all of our upcoming episodes. To all of our dedicated listeners, thank you. This journey has been incredible so far, and it honestly is because of all of your support and encouragement that you've shown along the way. And as I like to say, the greater the following, the greater the impact. And because of you, our impact is growing across the transportation sector. As always, if you found value in today's episode, I do encourage you to share with others in your network that you believe would receive value from listening. Your support means so much. So the Truck Focus podcast is brought to you by Pivotal Transportation Industry Solutions, a company focused on connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. To learn more about the Truck Focus podcast, please visit the show notes. You can connect with us on social, visit our website, sign up to our monthly newsletter and so much more. If you do happen to visit our website, I encourage you to check out the Truck Focus blog, learn more about our industry strategic partners, view our online training and more. Furthermore, if you have a question or a topic that you would like to be discussed or reviewed in a future episode, feel free to send me an email. I've I've also included my email in the show notes. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the Truck Focus podcast, where again, our goal is simple. We want to connect industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. I hope you have a safe day and let's create a pivotal impact.